Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. Here's your host, Chris Lee. Commodore fans, on your feet, it's time to anchor down. Welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. In today's show, Sean Williams, our recruiting editor at VandySports.com, will join us. Today's news presented by our friends at Sutherland and Belk, a Nashville-based injury law firm. Sutherland and Belk is committed to fighting for those who have been injured in car, motorcycle, and truck accidents. Check them out at SB Injury Law, and please tell them you heard about them on the Vandy Sports Podcast. Well, we will talk about today's news in the podcast, and that is Vanderbilt gets three football commitments, its first three of the 2022 signing class that is headlined by Langston Patterson, a local linebacker from Christ Presbyterian Academy. The guest line is presented by Bowl and Branch, started by Vanderbilt graduates Scott and Missy Tannen. I had no clue how comfortable Bowl and Branch sheets could be until I got some. They are fair trade certified, meaning they are made under safe conditions by men and women treated and paid fairly. Try them free for a month. You can return them, but you won't want to. Once you get the sheets, try the mattress. That was voted the best mattress of 2018. Go to bowlandbranch.com. That is spelled B-O-L-L. Enter the promo code Vandy and get $50 off your first set of sheets. Sean Williams joins us. He's our recruiting analyst at VandySports.com. Sean, thanks for joining us. It's been a while since we had recruiting news to talk about with coaching change. Commodore's a little bit late compared to some other programs to break into the commitment column for this class, but Vanderbilt does it uh, and then some on Monday. So we're going to talk about today. First of all, give us the significance of the three commitments that Vanderbilt got on Monday. Uh, yeah, I mean, you kind of mentioned it in the intro there. I mean, everybody was kind of uh, wondering when the first commitments would come, you know, and people have been talking or asking questions about that on our board. And, yeah, it kind of came in the in the, opened the floodgates yesterday. But, uh, you know, uh, you look at all those guys, all of them project to be on defense, obviously, so that's kind of a significant thing. And, obviously, defense is, uh, you know, uh, a spot where – Vanderbilt definitely needs some help, um, especially particularly in the linebacker positions. You look at Patterson and uh, Diakite. I, you know, I think Diakite, even though he's versatile and he can play different positions, uh, you know, talking to him yesterday after he committed, it looks like they want him to play outside linebacker, uh, even though he plays a lot of different positions for his school. And then, you know, you look at the uh, line of sunk, uh, that's a defensive end. So he, he takes up a defensive end position and, you know, the thing about him is he's raw. Uh, he's very raw. He's only been playing football for two years, but uh, uh, Vanderbilt loves his, his athleticism and doesn't really mind the fact that, you know, he's inexperienced in football. You know, I think it's one of those where, you know, you kind of see that you're, uh, you don't have a lot of bad habits right now, you know, just playing for two years. So you know, I think they can teach him good habits and they're really, they really like his, um, you know, his, his physical nature, his size as well. So, um, so you got like Patterson, who was kind of the crown jewel yesterday, um, you know, because obviously that relationships kind of went back with Clark Lee back to uh, whenever he was at Notre Dame. And that that was I think Notre Dame offered him last summer, you know, Patterson last summer in June. So that's kind of when that relationship with Clark Lee developed. 
And then, uh, you know, the thing about Patterson is he went to Notre Dame, I think it was back in November, whenever they played Clemson, had that double overtime win against Clemson. You know, Trevor Lawrence was out that game. But um, so, um, of course, you know, uh, Langston's brother Kane plays, older brother Kane plays for uh, Clemson. He's a linebacker there. But uh, so he had, had a chance to watch that game in person. But that gave him also gave him a chance to kind of watch how Clark Lee kind of operates as a defensive coordinator how Notre Dame kind of uses their linebackers, things like that. So that kind of gave him a, a nice uh, a nice little uh, up-close view of how uh, Clark Lee kind of coaches. So, uh, But, yeah, Patterson's definitely the crown jewel just uh, as a linebacker guy. You know, and, you know, Patterson's versatile. I think he'll play a little bit more inside. and and uh, But a uh, really big gift for them. I mean, you talk about a high three-star kid and, and one of the state's best players. So I think that was a big – the biggest coup for them yesterday and then, and to get uh, die kite and uh, Zunk. those are guys that are kind of flying under the radar, but Vanderbilt's scattered those guys really like what they see from them in terms of size and um, you know, what they could kind of develop into in college. So uh, yeah, it was a big day. I mean, you don't really, you don't really get to, uh, you know, I think Friday night lights, there's been certain Friday night lights we've dealt with like multiple commitments, but you know, three in one day. Yeah, it was a pretty big day. You don't you don't come around those very often. Yeah, especially not in March. And to me the significance of this, look, I don't know if these kids will pan out or not. You never do have been wrong about right. many. So I I that's one reason I guess I don't take recruiting as seriously as some people do. I mean, I I think it's something to be taken seriously, and I think when you start landing Consistently good classes, it probably means something, right? But the thing for me, and I'll flash back to this would be, <clears throat> pardon me, before your time on the site. When James Franklin got here, I remember we had this thing at D1 in Franklin or Brentwood, or it's right on the border, whichever one, but people know where the place is. And that Brian Kenrow, Caleb Bazupake, and Corey Beatty all announced their commitment. At once, and Kimbrough was the state's best player at the time. It didn't end up being nearly as good as the ratings, but I still thought it was that was a significant moment. Uh, Azupake ended up being a, a fairly decent player, and, and and Beatty, of course, we know the story. No, no reason to go into that, but mm-hmm. I thought the significance at the time was you're getting kids from the state. And I thought that was significant. If you can get kids that that a Tennessee or somebody else wanted, that to me was a little bit of a turning point in Vanderbilt recruiting. And I think with Patterson, it's particularly significant now. I mean, let's face it. The the program has not had a winning season in seven years now. It had the first winless season it's ever had. I think the drumbeat of negativity around the program, and it's not unfair. I mean, they've been a bad program. They made bad decisions administratively. Uh, they've not done anything to serve their fans, and it's all deserved. But I think that they've had more success getting a, I guess, a touted kid out of state sometimes because they're not here. They don't see the stadium takeover. They don't see all those things. I mean, Langston Patterson, you can't get a whole lot closer to campus than he is going to CPA. And so everybody knows the warts and the flaws here. And I think for a coaching staff to be able to come in three months into the job, build a relationship with a kid like that. I mean, I guess Clark Lee had one already. But to be able to convince a kid like that who's got a lot of options, um, when it's in his face every day, to me, I think is really significant. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, 
you kind of do. I, I mean, you, I definitely do credit Clark Lee for that. Obviously, you know, uh, with him getting in on him while he was at uh, at Notre Dame. But uh, I mean, just for the stat, you know, it, it it's still, you know, even though he came to Vanderbilt. I mean, I still think it would take a lot of convincing for a kid like that to go to, uh, you know, a program that just finished a winless season, you know, and, <laughs> uh, you know, but um, I think that relationship is definitely strong. And, and look, linebackers, that's a spot he can come in and, uh, you know, if he's good enough, uh, he can come in and contribute right away. You know, I'm not saying he's going to be a starter or anything like that whenever he steps on campus, but, uh, you know, there's huge holes there at that linebacker position in the defense. So, um yeah, I mean it's uh, it's it's big for them. Just and then you got to consider the other schools that were really in on him. I mean Notre Dame was still in on him. Tennessee was making a push. Uh, Stanford also offered and uh, was one of his finalists as well. So I mean that's you know when you're going up against Stanford and Vanderbilt wins wins uh, the commitment of a kid that when Stanford's involved. You know they've had problems with Duke. You know be, you know they've lost a lot of kids to Duke uh in past in, in recent years so i mean that's that's a pretty big that's a pretty big deal yeah and you make a good point there i mean i like the fact that they won that one against different kinds of teams because if you want to say well maybe he stayed close well i mean tennessee's not as close but it's not too far you know right. he had options there that then you beat a, a like-minded school uh in terms of academic prestige in, in stanford and then you do it again with notre dame yeah i, I think that's significant Sean, we got a lot of questions in the mailbag that address things that I think that we would address. I'm just going to go ahead and go there. Our mailbag is sponsored by Vanderbilt fan Josh Minton, an independent insurance agent operating out of Brentwood who can take care of all your insurance needs. Call Josh today, 615-933-1979. Email him at josh at hqinsurance.com. Follow him on Twitter at joshumintonhq or facebook.com forward slash jdmintonhq. He's my insurance agent. Give him a try. Tell him you heard about his business on the Vandy Sports Podcast. ViewMat23 says, how would you describe Clark Lee and the staff's ability to create relationships so far, and will that only get better as he's had as he has more time and success? Uh, yeah, it's. I think it's been great so far. I just, um, you know, I think the thing that really sticks out the most and obviously, that uh, you know, I agree. It's going to get better as as they go along and get used to used to everything. But I think they're still doing a really uh, stellar job. The thing I've really noticed a lot in talking to these kids that they're really in on is, yeah, initially they'll talk to a couple of assistants, you know, and that's pretty normal. But then when it gets to the part where they're, you know, doing Zoom chats, uh, FaceTime calls, they're talking to everybody on the staff. So you know, it's even even Clark Lee, you know, and, and uh, a lot of the support staff to the assistant coaches, not even their position coaches, just the other other assistant coaches on the team, other position coaches. So it's really been a uh, a group effort uh, for Vanderbilt in that regard. So that's the thing that's really sticking out. They seem to be, uh, and they also seem to be a little bit more, I guess, aggressive. You know, just in terms of uh, if they really like a kid, you know, they when they offer them, uh, they they usually put them on a Zoom call or or uh, try to do a virtual tour pretty quickly. So, uh, but yeah, the uh, the biggest thing is just uh, the overall staff involvement in the recruiting process. The title sponsor of our podcast this year is Jody Jones DDS, trusted for his creative design and committed to both the function 
and aesthetics of your smile, Jody Jones provides a range of sought-after dental and cosmetic dentistry services at his practice in Nashville. He's earned the title of number one in Nashville for his cosmetic dentistry and provides a unique luxury environment for patients who want his famous Hollywood smile or other services. Patients enjoy getting services from Dr. Jones and his attentive team in a spa-like atmosphere. Dr. Jones has worked with many artists, movie stars, and celebrities over the years and is dedicated to providing first-rate results to all of his patients. He never compromises quality so patients can be confident they will always receive the highest level of care. Thank you to Jody Jones DDS for making this season of the podcast possible. The next question comes from Five Star Door. What is the staff looking for in terms of the players they've offered? What are the common abilities that define the types of player that Clark Lee is targeting? Uh, you know, it's uh, things he's kind of addressed. Just just players that really uh, kind of want to be there and excel on the football field, and also excel academically too. You know, uh, I think there's just you kind of fit in that mode. I think he was asked today about, uh, you know. Uh, kind of getting kids from private schools versus public schools. And, you know, he said it wouldn't really a deterrent either way, you know, or, or a defining factor, but he said, you know, uh, you know, parents that kind of invest their, their time to send their schools to, uh, their kids to a private school, you know, definitely understand uh, the value of sending them to Vanderbilt and things like that. So, um, yeah, it, it's kind of, it's kind of tough to tell just from a, I guess, uh, I guess from a physicality standpoint and just size and, and things like that, it does seem like uh, it does seem like obviously the three commits they got yesterday. I think the the size really kind of stands out. You know, physically, that those guys can those guys have the physical tools to play in the SEC. You know, when you look at their height, their weight, uh, and things like that. And also, we kind of noticed, you know, kind of linebacker position and and secondary too. They're they're um, they're recruiting guys that have a lot of speed. You know, so. Uh, just in terms of roster makeup, you know, those are things that kind of, those are a couple things that kind of are sticking out uh, to me right now. And Arbor Door says, how many players do you expect Clark Lee to take in this class? Um, I don't know the specifics on that. I mean, just kind of, I actually looked at that question ahead of time, kind of scrolled through the roster, looked at kind of the seniors that were on uh, the roster. You know, I kind of came up with 16, which kind of makes sense. I know it's going to be a small class, so. Uh, don't expect a class, you know, don't expect a, them to sign. I, I, I don't even know if they'll sign 20 this year. I don't I don't know if that would be a real possibility for them when you consider transfers and things like that. But it's expected to be a small class. I went through the roster and I saw, like, you know, I included, added, like, 16 seniors, fifth-year senior-type guys. So, uh, yeah, expected to be a small class. Not, not for spe- specific on numbers yet just because it's so early, but it'll be a small class for sure. Dorking says, what do you expect the staff to focus in on recruiting this year? What do you think, where do you expect this class to end up in the rankings? Uh, man, rankings wise, hard to tell. I mean, uh, just based off yesterday, I know, uh, you know, Diakite and Sunk, they were, uh, obviously those two guys were a little bit more under the radar. You know, uh, Vanderbilt was their only power five offers for both of those guys, but they got 5.5 three-star rankings. But when you include Patterson in that fold, I think the, I think I saw where they're ranked 34th right now. And obviously 
uh, that's just three commitments. And, you know, when you consider that this class is going to be relatively small, um, you know, I, I don't think they'll be ranked as high as they were last year. I mean, that's still a possibility, a lot, a lot to be determined in that factor. Um, but yeah, I mean, they've already addressed a couple of issues. I mean, the, the biggest one being linebacker. I mean, they got Patterson, uh, the Diakite kid will be playing little outside linebacker. Uh, he kind of said star, just a, just a guy that can rush off the edge. He's so long. He's going to, he said he's going to be an edge rusher and, and kind of go out in coverage as well. So, you know, linebackers are big. Uh, so they've got two already. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they added another at least and maybe a couple of more uh, running back as well. I expect them to probably take two, you know, when you consider, um, uh, they got hit pretty hard right before spring practice started with, uh, you know, Keon Henry Brooks uh, transferring out. So I'd expect them to take a couple of running backs in this class as well. Yeah. And what does rivals count? The first 20 in a class, something like that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. If, if you're, if you sound like over 20, they just count the top 20 guys. Yeah, so they're going to have a tough time if they don't even get to 20. Right. Being really high yeah. in the rankings and, you know, I, I'm not – well, I guess what I'm saying is if if they end up being 50 or whatever, I, at the end of this, I wouldn't necessarily say, oh, they can't recruit or that's not improving. No, no, they're, no, they're, no, they're coming in with a little bit of a, of a handicap in terms of just numbers that's going to be hard to – now, if you're Alabama or LSU – then yeah, that's that's different. You're signing all these five stars and everything. Right. That's just not realistic. I'm just saying I wouldn't pay so much attention in terms of the quality of kids in terms of not not the quality of kids, but I wouldn't pay so much attention to the number at the ranking thing the years is what I would just are they getting quality kids? Does it look like they're taking reaches? I think just going to throw that out there ahead of time to be fair to them. That's how I think they need to be judged. Cause I do think that some people, if mm -hmm. they're not paying attention might say, Oh, well, they were like I said, 50 or wherever they wind up. Well, th the truth in terms of the way this is framed or should be framed might be a little different. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And that's a great point, Chris. Glad you brought that up. But yeah, rivals does count your, your top 20 guys. So, I mean, if you have small classes, you know, don't expect to be uh, don't expect to be high in the rankings unless you're getting a bunch of four and five stars. And, and look, we don't expect Vanderbilt to really be in, be among the realm of Alabama, especially when they're going to have a small class. So uh, this year is probably going to be, you know, like I said, small class. You know, if you're in the 40s and 50s, that's hey, that's fine. That's fine. You know, it's like I said, it's you're not going to sign 25 this year. So. Yeah, no, no staffs ever had to recruit off a winless year either, so there's also that. Right, yeah, yeah. You have that stigma as well. And, and you know, uh, yeah, that's another thing. You're coming off a winless season, and we all know recruiting gets better when you're winning. So, I mean, no matter how good the staff is and, um, you know, how many relation, how, how good they are at building relationships, you know, um, that's going to be a kind of a stigma they're going to have to recover from and, and show some improvement on this season. But, you know, you can sell – you can sell the hell out of playing time. That's for sure. So, you know, so that, yeah. there's your, there's your number one seller right there. Yeah. They, they, they've got some opportunity there. Dorking wants to know, seems like this staff may be more successful than the previous one in recruiting. What's it doing better? Well, that's a little bit of a premature comparison, Yeah, but yeah, I yeah. do think that, I don't know, one criticism I heard and look, I'm, I'm not in the schools to see everything, but there were certain high schools, like I think they had good relationships with Pearl Cone and, and Brentwood Academy and a few staffs here locally, but I don't know that he was in NBA that much, which 
makes no sense, frankly. Uh, it's just down the road right. from you, and you've gotten players, and they're a great football program, and the kids are smart enough. So I think, to me, I suspect the staff is going to work with a much more coherent plan and work harder locally, if nothing else. But what else have you got there? No, I agree. I think that's obviously a, a question, <laughs> a little premature question. But, I, you know, like I kind of previously mentioned early on, it seems like it's a total group effort in recruiting with the entire staff, uh, Clarkly included. Um, but you mentioned the local angle, of course, you know, and Clark Lee brought it up today, you know, in his uh, post-spring practice press conference. You know, they're looking to get kids that are in a five-hour radius, you know. So, um, yeah, they're going to – Look, you know, and he talked a lot about, you know, uh, how much football has, how much football is just kind of increased in climb since he's played in, in the Nashville area and the in-state area as well. So, I mean, they're definitely going to be checking out all these in-state guys. And, um, you know, I think they'll have definitely have a presence in the high schools once they can actually get out and, and do visits and go and evaluate kids at practices and games and things like that. So, uh, yeah, uh, I think the I think the in-state variable, like, and you kind of brought that up, was kind of a uh, was kind of a crutch for uh, Derek Mason and his staff in the past. Just uh, just talking to sources, uh, you know, in the state of Tennessee um, and building those relationships was kind of a kind of a crutch for them. I don't think that's going to be the case for Clark Lee and his staff. So, well, five-hour radius. There's certain areas that come to mind. Okay, in-state, you got Memphis. Of course, you got your own backyard. You got Murfreesboro, 45 minutes down the road, where they've had some success at times. Obviously, Atlanta mm-hmm. is the the premier market that comes to mind. But you've also got Cincinnati and St. Louis. I don't remember the previous staff working those areas much at all. And it would be interesting to see when he says a five-hour radius if that was intentional. Uh, to encompass those two areas as well. Yeah, I mean, I I think you bring up a good point. I mean, Cincinnati's uh, got a lot of great talent up there, and I mean, St. Louis. Just and look, I cover Missouri uh, on this network. I cover the recruiting process. There's a load of talent in St. Louis too. So, um, you know, and I mean, if you want to dip out a little bit further, go into the Chicago area too. You know, and and talk to those kids up there in that area. And say, hey, you guys want to play SEC football? You know, come down here to Vanderbilt. You know, I mean, uh, maybe there's some kids up there that's like, hey, you know, maybe I want to play some SEC football instead of Big Ten football, you know. So there's a selling point on that, too. VU65 asks, does Vandy have a good chance to land the additional high-rated prospects in state? Depends on what your, uh, depends on what your uh, definition of high-rating is. <laughs> well, let's go with kids um, where you think they're in on. Oh, well, I, I, was, I just didn't know if he meant like four-star kids or anything like that. But I, I was going to mention that, uh, you know, uh, they are, just a, to just a name a couple, uh, two or three guys. Uh, of course, they just they just offered Alex Broom, uh, the running back at Lipscomb Academy. Uh, that's a fresh offer. I just talked to him this past weekend. So he's probably a guy to keep an eye on. I know he likes, uh, he talks to Boston College. That was kind of the other main Power 5 team he talks to. But he's a high academic kid. He's, he's really taking a hard look at, um, you know, like Harvard, Princeton. So I think he wants to kind of go up and, and take a trip up northeast and, and check those schools out but he really likes Vanderbilt too so he's hoping to get on campus uh, here soon and and uh, you know check out things over there uh Grayson Morgan uh the offensive tackle out of NBA you just mentioned NBA earlier 
um, um, that's a new offer for them. I mean, that guy, that kid's blowing up. I think he's got, man, he's got like a handful of power five offers, like in just this past month in this month of March. So, um, he's a guy that Josh Helmholtz profiled and we obviously talked to him, uh, whenever he got the offer as well. So I think they're in good there for obvious reasons, you know, <laughs> uh, NBA Clark Lee went there, Barton Simmons played there. Um, you know, so, and Grayson Morgan kind of mentioned that, you know, he's got, uh, you know, he knows that, uh, Lee and, and Simmons both went there. And so he's got good ties and relationships with those guys. And another, another kid to kind of keep an eye on is Kenzie Paul, the, uh, athlete out of Macaulay School in Chattanooga. He's uh, kind of a wide receiver safety. I think Vanderbilt likes him in the secondary, though. But um, he's a guy, he's originally from Toronto, Canada, I believe. And, uh, you know, he's a, he's a really good player at Macaulay. Uh, so that's a guy that they recently offered, and I think they're in pretty good standing with right now. So those are three other in-state guys that I think Vanderbilt's in, in really good standing with and, and something to keep an eye on moving forward. You went over Patterson a little bit earlier, but Five Star Door wants to know what makes him special. Uh, funny you ask. I just talked to his head coach today, so uh, <laughs> and uh, posted a story. But yeah, he kind of mentioned just uh, just you know his size for one. You know, he's six two, uh, over two twenty now. Uh, I think his profile has him listed a little bit lighter than that. But I think the interesting thing I, I've I kind of gathered from that chat with Engel Martin is he said that they just did testing with their football program, like just like a few days ago. And he said, he's, he's not plateaued yet. He's get, he's gotten bigger, faster and stronger since last year. So he's like, that's a good thing. I mean, he keeps just, you know, his just his, his numbers keep going up. So, um, you know, expect that to probably happen in, uh, in college too. Uh, he said he's super happy that he gets him for another year, obviously. Uh, but, you know, he kind of mentioned hard worker, high speed, um, processes information, the offensive lineups, and uh, makes checks at the line. So, I mean, he can already do all that in high school. Uh, he's got that mental capability and maturity. So, uh, yeah, and uh, I mean, he's a good he's – a, he's just uh, – he does the little things too. That's something else that Martin said. And, I mean, you know – Case in point, he plays both sides of the ball, and he was their leading rusher in the uh, championship game last year. So I think he had over 700 yards and 13 touchdowns as a running back last year for his team. So uh, when you need him to get to, the grimy, gritty yards on offense, he'll do it, and uh, he'll also do his thing at linebacker as well. So uh, those are just kind of the, the tidbits about Patterson and what kind of makes him stand out. A couple of people had questions about Diacate, Glacial Pace, and VU in Georgia. Um, one of the questions was <laughs> about him not being ranked on another service. Another one was about him, where he could play. I think you went to the position question um, maybe a little bit, but if not, I'll, I'll give you time to tie up some loose ends with that one. Sure, I kind of got more clarification on that position because Justin, Justin Angel originally uh, – reached out to him and talked to him when he got the offer back in February. And he told us that Vanderbilt liked just his versatility. You know, the fact that he could play D end, uh, outside linebacker, uh, and wide receiver and tight end. Um, but he told me yesterday when I talked to him after he committed, he said, he said, yeah, they like my versatility, but I think they like me at outside linebacker. He specifically said star position is uh, a linebacker that can rush off the edge and, and drop back in coverage. So, 
so I think that's kind of where he's going to project for Vanderbilt. Um, but uh, I know he uh, worked out at the Under Armour uh, camp in Atlanta uh, this past weekend as a tight end. So I know uh, I think Sam Spiegelman, our uh, our uh, rivals national analyst, did a story. I did a recap on that and, and mentioned he really did uh, kind of uh, flash as a tight end. You know, he kind of stood out at that position too. So I think he'll end up at linebacker. He might end up at tight end. I don't know, but he just seems like a really good athlete. And he's long too. He's six foot four. He's 200. I think he said he's 212 pounds now. So um, he said he, he's really fast. So um, he's rangy, of course. Um, so that really sticks out to him. So I, I, like I said, I think he's going to project outside linebacker, but you know, we'll see when he gets on campus and everything. But in terms of ranking, he did get ranked by rivals just because, uh, Sam did seem at the, uh, Under Armour camp, um, over the weekend. So he did, did get a chance to get some eyes on him and get him ranked. And obviously, like I said, you know, Diakite and, and Zonk, those are the two kind of under the radar uh, kids that committed yesterday, like I said, Vanderbilt's their, you know, only power five offers right now. So, but they like their film. Uh, they like their physical abilities. So they took a chance on them. I think they could really do well at Vanderbilt. So, you know, those guys are going to kind of go in terms of maybe not being ranked at other services. Look, there's, there's a handful of national analysts and there's a thousand, thousands of kids out there to look at. So some of these guys are kind of kind of slip under the radar and, and things like that. It just kind of happens from time to time. So, and it's also March by the way. So, right, right. <laughs> and we haven't had a lot of camps and et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, it's, it's difficult, but one star bandit uh, ends us with several questions here. What's the hardest position to evaluate? What's the easiest uh, as in the guys who are good in high school tend to be pretty good in college too. I don't know that anything's easy, but right. Uh, and I will put the disclaimer out there. I am not a scout by no means. I do cover recruiting, but um, yeah, I mean, uh, honestly, just uh, just talking to other people, I th- you know, and and honestly with me too. I think when I saw that question, I, I think the first position that came to mind was defensive back, just because. Um, so many different body types there and you you kind of saw it from Derek Mason and his staff he likes those long cornerbacks and but at the same time you get a long cornerback they're not necessarily quick or fast or quick to quick twitch you know and uh, so you know where you might have a smaller smaller cornerback who's really fast and quick and can keep up with SEC wide receivers so I think defensive back is is a little bit more difficult to evaluate, I think, in, in terms of people that actually, you know, evaluate for a living. But uh, I think tight end wide receiver might be a little bit, uh, might be a little bit uh, harder to evaluate too, just because that really depends on the quarterback, you know, uh, who's throwing you the ball, you know, and how good you're going to be. Um, I think the easiest ones are the line are the linemen. You can kind of tell, you know, offensive defensive line who's going to stick out running back as well. Uh, and obviously quarterback, I think those are kind of your easiest ones. So easiest, I think, would be D-line, O-line, quarterback, running back, and I think your hardest would be like tight end, wide receiver, DB. Just just my opinion, my two cents there. All right, next one from One Star. What are some things Vandy recruits have told you in the past that aren't good with regards to our program? Recruits are typically – Pretty close to the vest with that stuff, but if you got a story, right. fire away. Uh, nothing, you know, in that regard, uh, nothing really, uh, nothing really like 
bad or anything. You know, I mean, it, it's just typical stuff that you would expect, you know, fans, you know, the, the fan issue, fans in attendance. And honestly, uh, yeah, and they don't really, you know, and, and, and some of those guys will mention, you know, hey, they don't have, the, you know, the they don't have the flashy facilities like, you know, Alabama or Auburn, but then they'll put it in a nice way to like, you know, but that's cool with me. I mean, I don't, I don't need all that stuff, but <laughs> I mean, most kids, you know, when they do say something negative, they always kind of say it in a nice way. You know, they don't really come out and say anything bad and then just, you know, move on to the next topic. So, uh, but yeah, it's all kind of typical stuff that you're kind of, uh, we're kind of, you know, that Vanderbilt fans are kind of been used to the past few years, you know, whether it's fans and attendance and, and, uh, and, you know, facilities type stuff. So I'll give you a funny one. When I was calling recruits back when I started the site, there was a kid on the network that, that had five or six schools listed and Vandy was one. I, I just called the kid up to, to see, you know, <laughs> whatever. And so I started talking to him and, and, and told him where I was from. And, you know, we got talking to Vandy. And he stopped the conversation. He said, you know, to be honest, uh, I don't mean to, but I'm just not that interested in him. There's there's no atmosphere or excitement much there. Uh, and he, <laughs> this kid indeed went to another SEC school and uh, I think ended up right. making first or second team all SEC. So I, that was my oh, fun. Wow. Like he, he was, it was like the most polite way possible. And of course, I didn't do a story on it, but that's my memory right. of, of it. I actually appreciated the honesty. It was was nice. Yeah, I liked it too. I, you, you, you mentioned stuff like that, and I'll bring up another situation. It was actually from Missouri. I actually reached out to this kid. He had a Missouri offer, and I said, hey, man, notice you had a Missouri offer. I just, I just DM'd him on Twitter. I said, hey, notice you had a Missouri offer. I didn't know if you talk a lot to their staff or, or anything like that. We're interested in doing an interview. He's like, he's like, no. Nah. He's like, I, I do talk to their staff, but I'm not going to go there. He's like, I'm probably going to go to XXXX school. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> he's like, I appreciate you reaching out, though. I'm like, hey, thanks, man. I, I appreciate the honesty, man. <laughs> Saves us time in the end. So <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. I would tell a funny story. I don't know if it's podcast appropriate though. So. <laughs> Can you make it podcast appropriate? Well, it's it's not here. I, I'll I'll tell it because it really I think it is. But but here's my funniest story and and something and look this happened years ago when I first started on the network. I don't think this was a Vanderbilt uh, recruit. It might have been somebody else. Uh, might have been a Western Kentucky recruit. I can't remember. But I remember specifically talking to one kid and I said, hey, what are the, you know, I always ask him like, hey, what are the coaches like about your abilities? Obviously, this kid's a defensive back. He's like, oh, yeah, they like my speed, the way I, my coverage skills. And then and uh, then he said they like my ball skills. And then he paused for a second and started laughing like Beavis and Butthead, you know, like. <laughs> <Huh>. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's That's a first for me. <laughs> so i i had to uh i had to just you know it was just funny the laugh he kind of the kind of the snicker he did after he said that and i'm just like i just had to kind of stop myself from laughing too just because it was kind of funny so yeah everything doesn't always make it into print so exactly right <laughs> um all right here's here's a good one what's it like working for chris lee um oh man it's terrible i'm probably yeah. as bad as they say yeah, it's like not know, not good well. with punctuality on on some days. <laughs> yeah, this uh, this podcast has been delayed like uh, five hours, right? Maybe six now. <laughs> I think it has. Yes, we had a, we had a little domestic issue with uh, moving back into our own house. So anyway, 
No, it's been good. Uh, I won't lie, I, even though I could say uh, I drink I drink a lot more since I worked for Chris, but that's not true. I'm not a big drinker anyway. So, no, uh, working for Chris is cool. Um, you know, otherwise I wouldn't have done it for the past six years or so, right? So, <laughs> well, if you take this too seriously, you're not going to stay on this beat very long. That I think that's the thing that uh, I like about uh, you and obviously Gabe uh, at the Missouri site. Uh, we definitely don't take this stuff seriously, and we do whenever things do happen. We uh, we like to joke and and make and laugh about it, and you know uh, make some jokes as well. So it's 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 all it's all in good fun. I, I like our group texts, and and they're pretty entertaining. So yeah, you can't you can't take all this stuff seriously, and sometimes you just have to shake your head, laugh, and and roll with the punches. So. Yeah, I think there's there's rarely a conversation that you and I have that doesn't go by without a laugh or a discussion <laughs> yeah. of 80s culture or maybe baseball right. cards. So Right, exactly. So there you go. There, for people out there that, that have any cards that they want to sell, they can contact Chris or me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not, not me. My wife will kill me. Uh, I've got too many at this point, according to her. Although they're making quite the comeback. I mean, I got rid of a bunch of stuff about two years ago. And during the pandemic, apparently just people had nothing better yeah. to do yeah, yeah. Than, than to go back and do the stuff they did as kids. And I, I think the stuff I sold is worth a few times uh, what it <laughs> what I sold it for now. But what, what can you do? Yeah, that was to make a comeback, man. Just uh, trying to figure out, um, you know, extra hobbies to do outside of work when you're stuck at home during a pandemic. So, uh, yeah, open up the old shoebox and uh, say, hey, man started uh, making some trades on eBay. <laughs> I think our our best time together when we took that trip to Atlanta to the McDonald's All-American game. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. We uh definitely had a lot in common. But of course, you know, like, you know, look, you're what 10, I think you're 10 years older than me, but I've got a brother that's like 6 years older than me. So, we kind of grew up around the same stuff, you know. I, of course, you know, when you when you grow up, you want to hang around your older brother and you're always into the stuff that he's in, so it was kind of cool to cool to talk about '80s movies, uh, you know, uh, hair metal music and uh, uh, baseball cards, all that stuff. It was uh, it was a good trip. I learned I learned a lot about you during that trip, so that was that was a good thing. Maybe some things not so good. Who knows? But um, we did have a good time. I I can't remember one specifically. Maybe maybe one day we'll go back to a McDonald's All American. Oh, game. that seems forever ago, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean that that seemed like really, that was twenty years really ago. Wasn't. Yeah, when it really wasn't. It was three years ago this time, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. Like if you had told us on that trip back from Atlanta, all the stuff that was going to happen <clears throat> in the next three years, I, I think we would have just been we would have had our minds blown. Yeah, that's uh, that's sports for you, man. You just never know what's going to happen. You go down there and you're like, oh, man, Vandy's got these two McDonald's All-Americans coming in. They're going to tear it up. And just unfortunate things happen, and, and they uh, they go over in the conference. And uh, coaching changes, and here we are. Yeah, I mean, and, and remember, when we went down, they, they were still in on Langford and E.J. Montgomery, too. Right, yeah. Um, and yeah. it just – the rest is history. All right, Sean, tell folks what's coming up at VandySports.com. Uh, anything that you want to promote? Uh, I know we're always working at recruiting. 
We were out at spring practice for the 15-minute window we got this morning. Bruno Reagan had some stuff on that. <laughs> we may grab Bruno for the podcast <laughs> soon, but tell people what's around the corner. Did you at least buy Bruno uh, breakfast for driving in for 15 minutes of work? I think I'm going to owe him one on that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, obviously, I, I posted a uh, – obviously, with the uh, wave of commitments yesterday, I posted a coach analysis on Langston Patterson today, hoping to get um, – coach analysis pieces on the other two commitments. Um, so I, I have reached out to those coaches. So see what happens then. We are doing this podcast. Me and Justin Angel will also do a YouTube video uh, talking about yesterday's activity in the uh, football recruiting realm and talk about the commitments. And I'll get Justin Angel's uh, thoughts and reactions on that. So um, we're actually going to uh, record that here in a few minutes after this. So uh uh, keep it locked to our Vandy Sports YouTube channel. Uh, <clears throat> been putting a lot of good things on there. We have uh, increased our subscriber numbers. Um, so we really appreciate the support there. So uh, always just go there and, and like that like that channel. And any videos we do, uh, feel free to uh, comment on them. Uh, tell us what, we, uh, what we're good at. Tell us what we're terrible at. We don't care. We just like the feedback. So... I think our YouTube channel is a little bit underrated, and that'll be something we're going to try to build more in the coming year. Yeah, yeah. I like to, uh, like I said, do a little bit of an, uh, <clears throat> investing in uh, some uh, some uh, streaming video type stuff, and uh, it's really paid off. I like to, I like what me and Justin have done, and uh, you know, we'll we'll kind of continue to me and Justin will continue to do videos and talk about the recruiting process with Vanderbilt whenever he's got some time, and and uh, we'll do a lot of other. Uh, do do a lot of other cool video ideas on there as well so obviously you know post game post game videos and stuff like that we'll upload them to the youtube channel as well so you can check out all that stuff there and get some info as well hey sean thanks for all your hard work and thanks for coming on uh, as always yeah no problem chris always a pleasure to be on and uh chat a little bit that about vanderbilt recruiting with you all right, he's sean williams our recruiting editor at vandysports.com i'm chris lee the host of the Vandy Sports Podcast. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe when you get a chance. And of course, give us a shout or give us a chance at VandySports.com. $9.95 a month or $99 a year. I think you'll find it's well worth the investment. Anyway, thank you for listening to the Vandy Sports Podcast. We'll be back with another episode, which should air, I believe, on Wednesday with Seabass. So be sure to keep your eyes peeled for that.